have a really long lag before it actually starts, but it, it started on my end, so maybe it started on yours as well. We're all good. Cool. Good. Well, I'll possibly edit this out or just make us look really cool on YouTube and like not uh, edit it at all. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the all new, all different number one comics podcast a bonus episode. That's right. Tonight we are covering Colin Bunn's The Midnight Show number one from Dark Horse Comics. But that aside, I'm Dan. That's Nick. What's up, Nick? How the hell are you? Doing good. Doing good. Having a week. Having yeah, a weekend. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're we're coming up on the weekend, Friday night. I mean, I guess it's already uh what Saturday morning for you and uh, for me and Friday night for you, but uh but yeah, um <laughs> yep. yeah. We weird how that works, you know. I mean, we're not that far apart, but hey, <laughs> America is a very big place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Um but yeah, uh look, we're talking about a dark horse book, um which is kind of exciting and we get to talk about dark horse like all that much like I'm trying to think of the last time we even had a dark horse book on the podcast. I know we've done one, but I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's not very often that it happens. Um, but Colin Bunn, it's very often that it happens. I think he's our most uh, reviewed comic book writer so far. Uh, uh, do you have much of a history with Colin Bunn? Like, are you like a big fan? Is there anything of his that you're like really, really into? Or One of the comics that got me back into comics back in like, I don't know, like six, seven, eight years ago was uh, Dead Kill, Deadpool killed the Marvel Universe. So yeah. that was that when I read that and I got like the, the small trade paperback of it, it like changed the way I looked at things. I was like, this is yeah. insane. <laughs> the whole thing. I was like, everyone's dying. Yep. Everyone's dead. What's going on? And uh, that his whole uh, Deadpool run, um, he's done some Venom stuff. Yep. He did Deadpool mm -hmm. kills Car uh, Deadpool versus Carnage. Which was yeah. okay, but still, it, it, I was like, I'm a fan of Carnage, I'm a fan of Deadpool, mm -hmm. so it was right up my alley. But Colin Bunn, he never misses really for me. No, Colin Bunn, like I, I think I talked about it before. I don't know uh, what it was on, but um, Bone Parish. I don't know if you've read that book or not. I think it came out in like 2018, a Boom Studios book. Just so phenomenal. Like Bone Parish is such a cool book. It's almost like. I can't remember every detail down to the to the letter because it's been a while since I've read it. But it's basically like you take the ashes of the dead and then like snort them and like it like gets you this crazy high and everything and everybody's all addicted to it or whatever. I don't know. It's such a such a weird cool book. It's just really brutal and really really awesome. Um, and that's kind of like you know Colin Bunn's like creator own stuff. The stuff that he comes up with a, uh, on his own like that. Uh, dark arc regression like just some out there stuff harrow county that he that he did with uh tyler crook like just i love that stuff and and i love the stuff that he does for dc and, and marvel as well uh but yeah just man such a such a cool creator that bone parish some really awesome book, stuff that book sounds kind of like how high did he get that from method man and red man have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> I've never seen them. Wait, which what's it called? How high? So how high? Is, yes, I have seen that. Yes. So it's when they're at a university and they they smoke their dead friend's ashes because he's smart and he gives them answers yep. to tests. Yes, yes, God, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's been a long or, while. Yeah, that's a hilarious movie. I completely forgot all what about concept, that. What concept, right? Colin Bunn totally took that from them. If that's, that <laughs> yes, the it's got to be. I don't know. It goes into some other areas, but yeah, I think I from what I remember, that's like the gist of the book, uh, unless I'm. Uh, 
yeah, it's definitely like they're 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 grinding down the bones and snorting them or something. Yes, yeah, something that's really cool. Yeah, re- really cool book. Uh, really interesting. Uh, but yeah, Colin Bunn also you know had a pretty long run on uh, some different X Men stuff, X Men Blue, uh, Uncanny X Men for a little bit. Um, did some uh, what was it, Sinestro over at DC, and then Lobo also. So uh, diving into like those. I don't know, B tier, like kind of like villainous characters or whatever uh, over at DC also. So yeah, just a, a cool creator and coming out with some really, really awesome stuff lately. Uh, the other creator on this book is Brian Hurt and he's done quite a few things. Uh, he worked on the six gun for Oni Press with Colin Bunn and then a really cool book that I think is pretty amazing. He did a book called Hard Time over at DC with Steve Gerber. So uh, you get to work with Steve Gerber. That's that's pretty awesome. That's phenomenal. Like I can't imagine being able to work with Steve Gerber on something. Uh, and then uh, Queen and Country and The Damned, uh, you know, just did some stuff all over the place. Also, uh, Manor Black, if you remember that same creative team there from Manor Black, because Colin Bum was on that as well. But uh, yeah, just just a pretty cool creative team here. Um, I would like to go into the synopsis really quick from Dark Horse's site. Uh, it's, n- it's not too long, so I'll go into that. And, you know, like usual, I didn't write up any synopsis or anything. We'll just go into the book after that. But uh, from from Dark Horse's site, from the creators of The Six Gun and Manor of Black comes this new supernatural horror series about monsters of the silver screen coming to life and wreaking havoc on a small town. Basil Saxon is a legend among horror fans. Over 50 years ago, he vanished during a freak accident on the set of the film that would have been his masterpiece. The cursed film, God of Monsters, was never completed and has never been seen. But when a film festival shows footage from the long-lost movie, classic horror monsters manifest to wreak havoc and terror on the unsuspecting populace. A ragtag group of misfits must band together to stop the famous creatures of... Sorry the most famous creatures of all time and send them back to the realm of celluloid nightmares. So that's their synopsis there. And <clears throat> yeah, dude, we can just get into the book. Uh, let's talk about this thing. Cause this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, when I first opened it, I don't know if you've ever seen monster squad, but like, or sorry, not when I first opened it, but you know, as I was going through the book, like, have you ever seen monster squad? Are you familiar with that movie? No, I've never seen monster squad. Okay. Man, Monster Squad is such a cool movie. It's uh, it it's 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 kind of got the same like kind of like multiverse of like different you know monsters uh coming out and like all banding together and and then uh this group of kids that are the Monster Squad and and it goes in that direction. So it doesn't it's definitely not ripping that off or anything, but it it kind of collects all these monsters together and has them do something. So um, so I kind of got vibes from that. But other than that, uh, this is. It's a really cool like story. I feel like it's a pretty unique story. Cool, cool idea here. Uh, we have uh, Basil Sax- Saxon. I think that's his name. Ba- Basil. Yeah. Either way, Basil. Yeah. Uh, the the like writer and director of this movie, and in this movie, he's kind of got like you know the book opens up with with like scenes from the movie. You know, footage of of what's happening, what they're filming, and. And we've got like a vampire, um, uh, a girl who gets bitten by a vampire, I'm guessing, and becomes a vampire. And then she's, she's you know, trying to uh, feast on the blood of this guy in the movie. And then all of a sudden, uh, 
kind of breaks that wall and we're out of the movie and there's a fire on the set and everybody's got to kind of scram and uh, Basil, the director or writer of the movie has gone. And of course his script and everything gets burned up as well. So um, that's kind of where like that leaves us off before it gets into the, to the other act of the book. But like, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. I liked what they were building up there and everything. I like uh, how like, you know, the mysterious uh, writer and creator director of this just kind of vanished and, you know, did he get caught up in the fire? I mean, it obviously doesn't look like it, but <laughs> yeah, I, had I, thoughts on that. I, I loved the, I love, this is the classic case of not reading what it's about. Yeah. Re reading it and then being, oh, cool. It's not that. It's yep. something else. And then, oh, cool. It's actually something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something definitely. else that it's also something else. Because mm -hmm. when I was first reading it, I thought it was just going to be a classic horror tale. Damsel in distress turned on its head. So the damsel's actually the one who's hunting the guy. And then uh, it's cut, cut, cut. All right, that didn't work, blah, blah, blah. They're like, because <laughs> there's like fog everywhere <laughs> or whatever. And it's yep. just like, it just like takes you back. Oh, where's Basil? And then, yeah, the fire happens on the set. But I thought that was, uh, I, that's why I don't like reading these synopsises and just jumping right in. It's like not seeing a trailer and not getting it ruined for you. Because it could have been that, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes into the, oh, okay, well, that was a while ago. Now we're in modern times and we're watching the movie that was supposed to be that movie. But that was God of Monsters, right? The movie that yep. they were shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what's the, the movie that they're shooting, God of Monsters? And then it goes into these specific different plot lines. So there's there's a lot of different characters in this already mm -hmm. um, with their own separate with their own separate scenes, and they're all happening at once. So Colin Bunn does this thing, which I like, which I like a lot when he does this, is that he has an entire story written out. He has all these characters in their own plot lines, and at some point they'll probably come together. Yeah. And and they either fight together or they'll come across each other somehow because he'll go between frames, which he does this uh, really well. He goes between frames and it'll be a completely different storyline each frame. And you're like, mm -hmm. whoa, cool. Like that's, they're in the theater. There's a, a man and a woman who are in a relationship and the woman's like, ah, like I hate Basil Saxon because he makes me come to these stupid horror movies. And the guy's <laughs> yeah. like, I love these horror movies. What are you talking mm -hmm. about? Uh, and then there's the popcorn people. It's a, it's a guy and a girl. And yep. they kind of have a thing for each other. And then so there's that going on. But then there's also the lady at the the thing signing autographs. And then she has a thing. And this guy likes her. You can tell he likes her. And he's trying to get an autograph from her. And he mm -hmm. works at the movie theater. There's all these different like storylines. And they're all like seemingly different. And they, they haven't come together yet. But I imagine at some point they will. And I think Colin Bunn is just like leading us into this story. And he doesn't, he's just, he's been probably been doing this so long that it just comes to him. Like, it's just so easy. And I yeah. just like, I adore that. Cause he's like, wow. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this seems like easy storytelling. Yeah, it, it does. And one of the things that I really like about it, like you pointed out, I love how there's those loose threads all, all thrown out all over the place. Like, I, I think, you know, if, if I have to take like one aspect of this book that I like the most, I think that I really like the culture around, um, you know, almost like the fan club uh, of Basil Saxon fans, you know, who want to go out and, and, and see footage from this movie or whatever. Like, I really like that. I like the people, the audience in the theater there and everybody who's 
who's soaking all that in. And, and, and like you said, the guy's got his, his girlfriend with him who's not really into it or whatever. And then we get to the uh, the couple working the concession stand and everything. Um, I really like these secondary characters which is is really cool that you can get me to like them and whenever there's so much else going on there's there's so many other things going on we have a dracula we have like a creature of the black lagoon we have a frankenstein like we have this really cool mummy um but i'm really just invested already in these secondary characters who, who i assume will be kind of like the main characters of the book but uh yeah i I'm, I'm really loving those loose threads as well i think that that's a really cool angle to throw in there it, it surprises me that this is a four part mini, like this is only going to be four issues and like we're already one in the, in, in the hole. So we've only got three more issues to tell the story. And there's so many ideas here. We have this whole, like, uh, what was it called? Like uh, a few years ago where they tried to come out with that mummy movie um, with Tom oh. Cruise, like, and they were going to do that, that, that Avenger style, like Marvel universe. Universal. The, the universal monster universe or whatever, yeah, yeah, right? That's like what the monster yeah. universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or so, dark yeah. universal or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe it was the dark universe. It's yeah. Like the dark justice. It's like the dark justice leaguers. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just so like, why? What are you doing? Yeah. And then it did yeah, happen, which, I was like, good. Why are you doing I, that? I know. Yeah, please don't. It doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Um, that's why they do it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, Where it's so like, cool here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it here in this form, um, you know, in book form or whatever, in comic book. Uh, it, it's really cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't say enough good stuff about that, but I, I really like the fact that, you know, look, if it was like me writing it or something, I think that I would think, okay, I've got four issues. Like, let me really focus on one of these monsters and then bring in the next one in the next book or whatever. But no, it gives them all equal time here. You know, we just have like a couple of, pages or, or maybe a page or, or a few panels of of each one uh i i when i think of the frankenstein one i think it's just maybe like a, a single page uh, maybe like three or four panels on that page of the frankenstein monster same thing with the the mummy i really like the mummy a lot I'm, I'm really loving the character design of that mummy by the way and i love the way that the the um kids that that encounter the mummy are, are walking in that convenience store and see all this sand it's reminding me of something and I can't quite pinpoint what, but I really love it. It feels so familiar to me. Um, yeah. I feel like, I, I honestly feel like a kid reading this. Like it's just so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so vivid. And it's so like reminiscent of when I was growing up, like reading goosebumps books and yes, re yes. reading just like, like, like cool horrors, horror stuff. And like watching like those horror cartoons that it, it just like brought me back to that. And he, he, the art with by um, it's um, Brian Hurt, Brian Hurt, yeah. mm -hmm. Brian Hurt, Brian Hurt's art. Like he, he just knows how to draw each of these characters to exactly how they're supposed to be. The, yeah. the mummy, the uh, is it the mummy or the pharaoh? What, what were, it was the the guy with the um, yeah. I was the, I was just gonna call her a mummy. I'm not sure. If, yeah, so the mummy is like, like very commanding. Yeah. He has these dogs next to him, and he has the staff, and he has his yeah. Hand out. It's uh -huh. just like he's very commanding. Like he's a king. You have Dracula who's brooding in the background, like he's mm -hmm. like of the shadows. You have the swamp guy who's like underneath the underneath the lake, and he jumps up and bites the guy's face off. <laughs> like, yep. So cool, and like like he's just like a gross creature from the lagoon, you know. And mm -hmm. then you have um. Yeah, Frankenstein, who just seems like a scientist who's just like, where are my things? What's uh -huh. going on? 
Like, yep. who are you? And he just he just, just like snaps a guy's neck. And he just like it's like, whoa, all these characters are written exactly like how you want them to be written. And they look exactly how you thought they were, like back when you were a kid. You're like, these are exactly this is exactly what I was picturing in my mind when I when I think of these characters. So cool. And the thing that you're talking about with the Basil Sexy thing, I want to go back to that. It would be like if Quentin Tarantino was writing his last movie and then he died or he passed away. And you're like, there would be such a huge cult following to go see that movie. Oh, yeah. To be like, I'm in the theater for that because Mm -hmm. we all grew up watching quite well. I don't know if you did, but most people I know are like so, it's a cult following. They're so into every Quentin Tarantino movie that comes out. Hey, did you see? Did you see this that came out? Once time, once upon a time in Hollywood. Did you see this? Did you see that? And like, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad because it's quite. It's a quite Tarantino film. You need to go see it. You know, and it would, it, I feel like it would be just like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you you could kind of attribute that to, you know, a, a lot of different filmmakers who have like that kind of cult following. Like, I'm, I'm a really big Kevin Smith fan. I'll I'll go watch any Kevin Smith thing. Uh, I remember, you know, going to an empty theater to watch, uh, what was it? Um, uh, well, now I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, not Tusk, but whatever came after that. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What was yeah, it? Yeah, it, it was it was like the really really wacky one with um, his his daughter played. Uh, oh, the main main cast in it. I, I can't remember the name of that thing. And like but, Johnny Depp's daughter was in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Rose Depp was in it. Was in it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they were like okay. the main characters. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Either way, whatever the hell that was called. But um, but yeah, you have like uh, you know, whether it's like a really big director or, or somebody, you know, yeah, you're gonna go see that, especially if it has something around it, you know. And this has this cool aura around it because he's this master, you know, horror uh, storyteller, and and that fits the vibe of of him, you know, disappearing or dying or whatever on set, and then. And then uh, coming out with this masterpiece movie that everybody wants to go see. So, so yeah, I think that that's a really really cool angle for for Colin Bunn to to go with here. And then, like you said, that the character design. I I think that when I first looked at this, and I I wasn't too familiar with Brian Hurt by name. Of course, I know his material. You know, I've read Men Are Black uh, and and The Six Gun, but. I, I was thinking, okay, this is like a little cartoony. This is a little safe. This is going to be like, you know, kind of fun, like goofy horror or whatever. No, then it gets a little brutal. Then that dog, like, you know, the mummy's dog attacks. Then the the Frankenstein just knocks that dude's head straight off his body, decapitates him right there. Uh, it gets a little brutal. I mean, it's not super gory or anything, but it's, it's very brutal. And it's a cool tone for this book. And then like a cool juxtaposition, I think of the art and storytelling and you're like okay no this is like a little serious actually like there's there's some shit going on here yeah and the horror fan and i'm always trying to get my i hope she's listening to me in the other room <laughs> my, my i hope uh i'm always trying to get her to watch horror movies and she doesn't care about horror movies at all but yeah. like we watched saw the other day okay we're, we're gonna watch another watch go movie. go watch saw 10 or x or whatever it is or so I'm I'm telling you like saw saw it's got a lot of good reviews. Maybe we should go watch it, you know? And uh-huh. I, I heard it was good. And yep. I heard you don't need to watch any of the other saws. So hopefully we'll go see that. I, I'm I'm really interested in seeing that, even though I haven't seen one since Saw three or four. But mm-hmm. I just love horror movies. and it could not have come at a better time when I'm like, not only do I love 
the horror aspect and it's Halloween, but like that nostalgia of it where it's like, man, if only Universal could have done like something like this with them. Yeah, exactly. With the mummy, with the mummy or something like that. Like just have mm-hmm. Colin Colin Bud write your scripts. Like I don't yeah. <laughs> like just please, like like let's get some of this stuff in there, you know? Yeah. It's such mean, a good Col- movie. It, 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 this would be a perfect movie. This would be so cool. And and I agree with you. Maybe, you know, sometimes scope is like a, you know, a big thing in, in writing scripts or whatever, all of that. Of course, everybody, you know, since the MCU came out is chasing that same MCU uh, template, the dollars that come with that, the audience that comes with the MCU and everything. But like, you're not, it, it's not going to happen. Like it, it, it happened with that. It's not going to happen with everything else. I mean, look how many times now DC has tried to do their own MCU and it's just, it's not going to happen. Like I, I don't care who you have there. James Gunn isn't going to make it happen. In my opinion, there's no one that's going to make that happen. It's just not going to happen. But something like this, you know, take a, a single thing. Don't worry about making five, 10, 15 movies out of it. Take a thing and make it really good. You know, mm-hmm. put your characters in there, make a good, compelling story like, you know, what we're reading here on the page and 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 then expand from there. That's, I think, what a lot of people are missing, you know, a lot of times. Um, and this is obviously going in a, a different direction than what we're talking about, which is fine. But just to, you know, point that out, um, you know, the MCU wasn't founded uh, because they thought, all right, we'll put out this Iron Man movie. Everyone will love it. It will make millions and trillions of dollars. And then we will be able to make uh, this and this and then Avengers and then this. Like they weren't planning all of that. They were just like, let's start small. Let's make it good and see what we can do and grow from there. I think a lot of people forget that part of things. Yeah, let's cast the perfect Tony Stark. (laughs) Like literally, let's let's cast someone who would be a douchebag and charming Yep. But like can act like a genius and can do action scenes. Like that's exactly yep. what they did. That they and like that was like to me perfect casting. And they're like, you know what? We're just gonna roll with this. He's he's charismatic, he's smart, he's funny, he's charming, he's a he's a good looking guy, and he's in that age range. Let's go with that, and then let's just have a good Iron Man. Yep. And then if we make an Iron Man too cool, you yep. know, and it's yes. just but that's that movie could have mm-hmm. been. I am Iron Man, and then end, and then okay, well, that was a good Marvel movie, and then done. No more, yeah. no more Iron Mans. Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. We didn't have to, like, you know, we didn't have to expand from there. Just it, it, it organically did kind of. Um, it worked because it worked. It didn't work because somebody was like, "All right, we have to go out and make all of these things into a movie." Like it. it it was reversed, you know, it was made a different way. Um, and, and that's what I really like about this. Uh, it, it's like, you know, yeah, you could, and, and this is a completely different medium. Obviously this is not film. This is a comic book. So it's not like you're going to have, uh, you know, five different uh, horror books and then tie them in in this one or whatever. I mean, you could do something like that, but, uh, but just the concept, the scope of this is really cool. It's really cool. How, um, we're going to take all of these monsters, put them in this book, have them come out into the real life or the real world. And then now it's these people in the real world's problem. So now they've got to figure out, you know, something to do with it. I just, again, I love these threads that that Colin Bunn is leaving hanging there and and we've got to figure out what's going on. And, and I'm guessing the ragtag group, you know, that was, that they were talking about in the solicit is, 
you know, maybe it's maybe it's some of those kids from the convenience store grouped together with some of the people in the theater and the concession stand people and the and the actress lady who signed in autographs and all of that. They'll obviously be like our little um, uh, what was that like Day of the Dead, like where the, yeah. the ragtag group was in the mall together and everything. Like yeah. I'm just getting like those kind of vibes. And this is yeah, this is this is fantastic. I love this. Uh, again, Nick, whenever you get time, you know, whenever that is, I want you to go back and watch Monster Squad because if you like this, <laughs> I really think. I mean, it's like you know uh, a a kids movie from like you know the. I guess early nineties or late eighties or something, but um, yeah, definitely check it out. Cause it's got vibes, but, uh, but yeah, I love this um, a lot. I love the storytelling and I love the way that this was done in this book. Uh, I, I don't know if, if we have anything else we want to say about, you know, what Colin Bunn did here, or if we want to move along to the art and talk about that for a minute, we've already like said a couple of things, but you know, please go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, we can move straight on to the art because it's just it's fantastic. I love yeah. uh, I love the way things are drawn. I love like when things don't need to be style like stylized or like too in detail. It's not. Yeah. When things mm-hmm. do need to be, it is. Uh, yeah. But actually, now that I'm looking, I'm scrolling through it right now, and I'm like, actually, everything's pretty, pretty detailed. <laughs> like definitely yeah. really detailed. I love the panels. It it goes well. Like like you know me, I I, I do it on online and I do the, the Kindle mm-hmm. version of it. So I'll double click on it and it 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 really flows really well when I'm like yeah. clicking on things and I'm going left and right. Um, and I'm not seeing like things that might spoil it for me, like you said last time, which is nice. Uh, like I didn't see that that lady was going to turn into a vampire until like got <laughs> to the panel where she turned into a vampire, which was really cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, the art, especially like when you when you get me in. So one thing, the cover I didn't think did it justice. I'll say that. Sure. Yeah. I think the cover, the, the, maybe it was the coloring of the color mm-hmm. that didn't really like make it stand out to me as much. Uh, but when you get right into the book, all oh, the colors pop. Like the colors yeah. pop like really well. Uh, the art is really good. I. I always like look at panel outlines too. And I love how the panels in the beginning when it's the movie scenes, mm-hmm. it's all five panel rectangles. And then when it cuts out of it, it like it like deforms and it like shape shifts and it goes into like real life. I yeah. love that. I love that little like detail. It's just amazing to me that sometimes that people like think of things like that. Like I'm gonna make a movie, like it would be movie scenes, and I'm just gonna mm-hmm. click, 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 click. Um, and the pacing, the pay, I'll talk about the pacing. Pacing is really good. Yeah, I love good. those. I love those panels when it's, there's no talking and you're just moving through scenes and you're like, wow, like it's really giving us some time to breathe and figure out what's going on and showing us different environments and stuff like that. So yeah, art, pacing, um, panels, all A plus my book. Yeah, I agree. Like there's, it doesn't leave me wanting more like anywhere in this book. Everything's uh, pretty much knocking it out of the park. Like I'm going through and, and like you said, like at the beginning of that, you know, you kind of led with, there is a, a lot of detail throughout each one of these panels. There's a lot of room to breathe as well. A lot of times when we don't need a background, we just need like some fog or something coming up in the distance that's there. Uh I'm I'm open to the to the panels or the pages right now with the werewolf, um, you know, part of the God of Monsters uh, movie scenes, 
where the the first decapitation happens before that second decapitation from Frankenstein. And <clears throat> yeah, there's there's you know just those colored panels with with nothing happening, and and almost these I, I can't say uh, unfinished faces in the background or anything because they are finished, but there's a lot less detail focused on them. I like when that happens. I'm actually a huge fan of that. I like whenever it's like your your eye needs to be focused on this decapitated head that's laying here, you know, bloody yeah. on the ground and everything, like not on the lady's socks, you know, behind him or whatever. That's not important. You know, what's happening in the background? No, you've got this on the whole foreground. This is what you need to be looking at. And that's a I, I love that art style where where they leave it a little sketchy or whatever, so you can focus on what's happening in the foreground. Um and, and then we we flash over to the next page and the juxtaposition of that. I hate to continue to use the word juxtaposition, but I feel like there's a lot of that in this book, so I, I have to. But then we get over to the um, the grocery store or the convenience store, Food Kingdom, I think it's called. I that love the, that it's uh, called Food Kingdom too. <laughs> yeah. And it's super cool. Like the mummy comes out and he's the king yeah. of the Food Kingdom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and I mean that one's like sharp and there's so much detail. There's it's bright. There's so much going on and it is it's juxtaposed against that dark gloomy uh werewolf scene you know from god of monsters and then and then uh, up against this so really really cool i like that a lot i think brian hurt is like the perfect uh, uh accomplice for uh, for colin bunn in this book like they're just telling this story really really well and then you know whoever's working on colors here i didn't single out their name separately but i i know there is a separate colorist on this book it is bill crabtree yeah doing uh, amazing work on this as well. Just really, really awesome. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention uh, were covers. Uh, you know, you, you talked about the cover and I, I think that's an important thing to showcase. Like, I always forget to talk about covers of comic books and it's so important because that's kind of the selling point, you know, the name, the cover or whatever, like all of that. Uh, this, I would say the cover is probably the weakest uh, part of this book to me because it doesn't do any justice for what's inside. Like it is cool. I mean, you have basically like these zombies sitting there, like in, in an audience, you know, presumably uh, watching the movie and you've got like the, the Dracula character up front there holding, like opening the, um, the, the film cartridge or whatever you call that. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that's, it's cool, but there's not, I don't know. There's just not much there. It just doesn't really stand out. And then uh, while you were talking and you mentioned those covers, I looked at the other ones because I noticed that uh, Francisco Francavilla did uh, one of the covers and I love Francisco Francavilla. Really, really awesome artist. Uh, that one's a little weak too. Um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You should check it out. Um, it's, it's not, it's not the greatest Francisco Francavilla cover, but then I look at the B cover and this one is by, Dan uh, Ryerton, I'm, I'm going to say I probably butchered his name, but um, this one is just like a collection of all of the monsters here. Um, and, and then some monsters that we don't even see in the book. So maybe some monsters that are coming up in later issues or whatever. And and I think that this should have been the A cover. Um, that it, is you can find fantastic. That. I just yeah, isn't it so cool? That is so cool. I'm going to pick that up because that, yeah. is, that is by far what... It's not even close, I don't think, because the, the original A cover, to yeah. me, I thought, and I was like, it looks like a Blade ripoff a little bit. <laughs> yeah. To me, it, he kind of looks like Blade, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I, I'm yep. not wrong. But no. I think the colors really hurt the cover a yeah. lot because yeah, the inside of the, the book is so 
it's like so punchy and vibrant and yeah it's off this like very nice contrast and the fact that everything is kind of purplish reddish on the front i was like ah that doesn't make me really want to read it and then when i was reading it i was like this is nothing like the cover like at (laughs) all like it doesn't even like the art is but i think like the colors were just like off really yeah the colors were just a little bit better it might it might have like might pop a little bit more it might caught my attention yeah, and I I mean I, I have to say I love that B cover. I don't know, I'm not sure if if that artist is is like doing an homage to like the I can't think of that time period, but I'm getting like gold key vibes, you know, like mm-hmm. Boris Karloff Karlo vibes or whatever, like 50s, 60s horror or something. That's just kind of what it's invoking for me. Uh, much more so than the A or the C cover. So yeah, I, I love that B cover for all you guys. Uh out there in the audience i i would put up a slide of it or whatever but i mean i'm i'm not that intense i, I can't uh I, I don't edit very well so um so so yeah uh, check that out though uh, really really cool b cover on that really awesome so um so I, like we could, I, I will say i like the b cover though because it means that we're going to get more monsters right yeah it's, exactly it's, yeah yeah it yeah i feel more like monsters these guys got to pop up yeah absolutely yeah 100 um well, uh, look, we could sit here and talk about how great this book is forever um, because it's really, really good. I like it a lot. And it sounds like you do too. Um, but yeah, just let, let's hit them with, you know, uh, do, do we plan on moving on to issue number two? Uh, I vote yes. So we'll Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't well, wait. Come in again. Yeah. Again and again and again. And Brian Hurt. I mean, they just work so well together, you know, they've just been doing it forever. Yeah. They just, they just know each other. It's just, I just feel like it's maybe I'm off, but yeah, it just seems like they're just flowing so well that they could just put out anything at this point. Exactly. Yeah, they they work really, and and that's uh, something in comics and you know a lot of mediums that goes uh, maybe not unnoticed, but you know we don't think about it as much. Like a lot of times, stuff works because of the the creative team there. You know, a lot of times you might think you like the artist or the writer or whatever, but like if a book really, really works and is like firing on all cylinders, like that's because of that team up. If you didn't have that team up, if you had a different artist with that writer or whatever, it probably wouldn't work the same, whatever. But yeah, this, this really works really, really well together. And I can't wait to read issue number two. Um, and it's coming out at a really perfect time, you know, right now, like spooky season, Halloween time. So really cool. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm waiting for all the other issues to come out. And then when, when Halloween passes, I'll still be reading it. And I'll be like, yeah, Halloween's exactly. still here. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be uh, reading the wrap up for. I mean, I'm guessing like into like February or something because I think it said the next issue comes out uh, in yeah November first. Okay, so yeah, maybe maybe uh, January or something. This will wrap up, but yeah, uh, really cool and and you know two big thumbs up from me and Nick both. So you guys definitely go check that out if you've not yet. Get it on your uh, pool from your local comic book shop and make sure you pick up issue number two. But I think that is all from us, unless you have anything else you want to say, Nick. Yeah, I hope everybody has a good weekend uh, whenever this comes out. And uh, I hope you enjoy your Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm having it. Don't worry. I'm going to go like uh, watch some cartoons and eat some cereal now or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks. And we'll see you guys next time. And it will end.